Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Swears and Does Hair podcast. I'm your host, Sue Minsky from Beauty Business Collective, and today is our first episode of season two. Yay! I took the summer off because my kids were home from school and being a home-based business, um, I don't have a professional recording studio, which means I do not have a way to keep out all of those extra sounds from a house full of people particularly two teenage boys. So um, I took the summer off and then summer turned into the beginning of fall. And here we are in November, almost Thanksgiving, and I ain't fucking recorded shit. So I apologize, guys, that I took a little bit longer off than I anticipated. I will be back to my regular weekly posting schedule starting this week. Um, I have a couple of guests lined up to do some interviews, but this season is going to be a little bit more focused on me kind of free form podcasting, talking to you about different topics and my perspective on it. So it's going to be a little bit more masterclass kind of style. Um, so let's get into today's episode. All right. So today I'm talking about assisting do's and don'ts. So this came at a request from a few different people. Um, but Ashley was the one who first sent this over to me. And then I kind of spitballed the idea with some other people and asked for some um, podcast episode ideas and people were talking about assisting. So if you listen to my very first episode, roughly about a year ago now, um, talking about the bridal boom, I was talking about how there are so many more weddings happening in 2022 than there have been in the last like 30 something years. Well, 2023 uh, is looking to be no different. Most artists that I know are almost completely booked for 2023 and it hasn't even started yet. Now people are shifting their focus and they are looking more to 2024. And some people are getting a little bit kind of overwhelmed and thinking, well, no, I don't want to book myself out that far. And so a lot of people are implementing a waitlisting strategy. That's a completely different topic. But for the people who aren't doing waitlisting, they're trying to figure out, well, how can I balance my time a little bit better? How can I still keep consistent bookings coming in? I can't duplicate myself. Maybe it's time to start bringing on more people and either building a team or building out um, assistance into their schedule in order to manage their time a little bit better on wedding days in order to avoid the burnout that comes with 
overbooking yourself and uh, overextending yourself because burnout is one of the biggest problems that I see people in this industry face, particularly in the last few years because of this wedding boom. Being completely booked out for next year sounds really fucking awesome until you realize what that actually means for your business. Weddings are cyclical, okay? That means they come in cycles. They come in waves. We go through periods of bookings where we are accepting contracts. We go through seasons where we are doing trials, okay, where we are collecting um, either retainers or trial payments, if that's something that you collect at the time of the trial versus beforehand. And then there is the time of the actual weddings happening. Now, if you're in a destination location, you probably are consistently doing weddings throughout the year. You'll get a little heavier during some times, but they still happen year round. Other places have very definitive seasons where it's typically somewhere around March or April at the beginning of spring until the end of October or November, depending on what your weather is like. That is when the majority of weddings happen. Fewer happen during the winter because we're at the mercy of winter, okay? Not everybody gets married in wintertime. Some locations, it's just not a great time. There's too much unpredictability with weather storms and weddings having to be canceled. Um, it's not as conducive to outdoor photos. So you're worried about, okay, well, if I'm overbooking myself or if I'm booking myself out and I'm not leaving any spaces in my schedule, now I don't have any time to accept new contracts because all my dates are gone. So my only option is to extend further out in the future, and then you run the risk of having the same thing happen for 2024, and now it's still sometime in 2023, and you've really screwed yourself. You're only going to be able to get the money from the weddings that you already have booked because you don't have any more opportunities and your your only option at that point is to build a team or find something else to supplement your income because you don't have the retainers coming in. So if you're finding yourself kind of in that mindset and you're looking to start building a team or if you're looking to find assistance to help you on wedding days, this kind of series that I'm going to be going over in the next few months talking about um, assisting, and this also applies for if you're building a team and looking for employees, um, this is for you, okay? So when you overbook yourself and you find yourself with too many dates on the calendar, it may be worth it to you to buy back some of your time by hiring an assistant to come with you. Okay, so I'm not talking about subcontracting. I'm not talking about booking a team to take over dates for you. If you've committed to a wedding with a bride as their artist, you shouldn't suddenly replace yourself with somebody else. I'm talking about buying back hours on the actual wedding day. And this kind of benefits your business in multiple ways. One, it allows the bridal party to have a better wedding day experience. I know there are a lot of people out there talking about don't rush. And I 100% agree with that. You should not rush services 
on a wedding day. You should take all the time that you need. But if you're going to do that, you have to keep the client experience in mind. If you're going to take 90 minutes for the bride to do her hair or to do her makeup, and then you want an hour or so for each additional person, you cannot do a bridal party more than five, maybe six people yourself. You have to bring other people. You cannot be greedy. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot be taking hours upon hours upon hours to do your best work, but then also hoard all of that work just for yourself. That's going to result in a horrible client experience. Okay. Yes. Everybody wants to look amazing. They want to look their best and they have every right to look their best, but they also do not want to be getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning for a four or five o'clock ceremony. That's 12 hours that they have to be awake during the getting ready process, the photos, all that kind of stuff before the ceremony even starts. Bridal parties will be fucking exhausted. And you know who they blame for that shit? They blame us because we're the ones who are like, well, I need this amount of time to get everybody ready. So you all have to get up early. We have to get up even earlier than that. But guess what, guys? We get to go home. We get to shovel in some drive through on the way home, crash on the couch and zone out. They don't. They have to keep going for hours after us. Just think about how exhausted we are. They are just as exhausted and they're going to keep going until 10, 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. So we have to keep in mind what the client experience is going to be like. All right. So we have to stop being selfish and hoarding all that work for ourselves because we don't want to pay somebody else to come in and help us. Or we need to let go of our ego that we're the only one who can do the work good enough for the bridal party. We need to build a network of assistance. Okay. So with that in mind, if you are going to be somebody who is going to assist other artists, all right, so this is really today's episode is for you. If you are looking to be an assistant for somebody else, okay, um, I wanted to kind of talk about the whole mindset shift of assisting, about buying back um, some of our time. Because when you have an assistant with you, everybody doesn't have to get up as early, all right, so it's a better client experience and it's a better stylist experience as well because you don't have to stand there on your feet for as long you're not doing as many heads of hair or faces of makeup all right um and you're just you're having a better experience as the stylist so you're buying some of your hours of your life back so that you have more energy in reserve to be able to put your best work forward it's not just about having enough time to do our best work We also have to have enough mental capacity and energy and the right emotional mindset when we show up for work, okay? So by utilizing assistance in our weddings, we can get that back for ourselves and then we won't feel so burned out at the end of wedding season. 
and don't think about, well, I'm giving away some of the money because you're going to turn around and you're going to charge the bride for having to bring additional people and it's going to offset itself. Plus those hours that you're buying back for your, from your life is worth the money that you're paying somebody else and you're helping build a network of reliable people who, when they need an additional artist, may ask you in return. And so instead of worrying so much about filling your calendar with commitments and brides and bookings and contracts, you can leave space in your calendar to assist other people. And then you are getting back hours of your life from admin that you don't have to do. You just get to show up and just do the work. So you're reducing your time and admin. You're also reducing your mental workload and having a better stylist experience. I can't tell you how much I enjoy assisting other artists because I don't have to do anything. I just show up, I do the work, and then the money gets deposited into my bank account afterwards and I don't have to think about it. I'm not writing those schedules. I'm not doing all those other things. It's worth it to not make as much money to, to reduce that, um, that stress and that mental, that mental load. Okay. So when it comes to being an assistant, let's go over some do's and some don'ts. First of all, let's talk about money. All right. Because a lot of people might be listening to this and going, yeah, well, that would be nice, but I need the money. But do you? If you are so worried about not being able to afford to hire an assistant, number one, we need to talk. Okay. You need to download my ultimate pricing guide. Okay. I'm going to put the link for that right in the show notes of today's episode. So wherever you are listening to this, there will be a link in the show notes, whether it's on Spotify, podcast, Google podcasts, whatever, uh, Apple, um, directly from my website, wherever you're getting it, there's going to be a link download that it's $27. It goes over exactly how to afford assistance, how to pass that cost on to the bride. So you are paying pennies to save yourself hours of work. Okay. So when it comes to money as an assistant, you better not be expecting 100% of the fee. If they are charging, if the, the main artist who's hiring you charges the bride $125, you better not expect to walk out of there with $125. That's not how this works. They have done 50% of the work beforehand. They have secured that booking. They've done all the administrative work. They've written the schedule and the timeline. They've communicated with the vendors. That is their booking. 50% of the fee is to cover admin and all of the hours of work that comes before a wedding day, okay? Don't put in your mind that, oh, well, the, the booking was already there. Um, it doesn't matter how many bridal party members they have. No. The more bridal party members that you have, the more administrative work there is. So half of what they're doing in advance is the admin stuff, okay? So you can't expect to get 100% of the fee when they're doing 50% of the work, okay? So get that out of your mind. Set reasonable expectations for yourself for what it means to be an assistant. 
what you should be expecting is somewhere between 50 to 70% of what they are charging the bride. That is a reasonable fee to expect as an assistant, okay? 50 to 70%. If you are somebody who is paying your assistants more than 70% of what you charge the bride, again, you and I need to have a chat or you need to download my pricing guide because you are losing money. You're overpaying your assistant and you are losing out on the benefits of having an assistant. Okay, an assistant is there to take some of the workload off. Okay, they are not doing 100% of the workload. You're still doing 50% of the workload. So if you're paying them more than 70% of the fee, you're doing yourself and your business a huge disservice. Okay, so that is number one. Everybody needs to have reasonable expectations on what they are going to get. When you are assisting somebody else, don't think that it is about you. There is nothing about that wedding day that has anything to do with you. It's not your wedding day. It is not your booking. Okay. You are not there to be a hotshot stylist or makeup artist. Okay. You are there to make the booked company look good. The bridal party does not need to know whether you are an employee or an independent contractor, your relationship with the artist doesn't need to be discussed because it doesn't matter. They don't care whether you're an employee of that person or if you're just an independent contractor. They want you there to make their life easier, the artist's life easier and the bridal party's life easier. That is your purpose for the day. You are getting paid to make everybody's life easier. That is your sole purpose. We think it's about the hair. We think it's about the makeup. That's not really it. That's not why people hire assistants. As the lead artist, they are completely and perfectly capable of doing all of the hair and all of the makeup themselves. It'll take a fuck ton of time and it'll piss everybody off and it'll exhaust the artist. So you have been hired to make all of those problems go away. You have been hired to save time, to make a better client experience. You have been hired because of your skill as a hairstylist and because of your skill as a makeup artist, but it's not about you. Your skill is what gets you the job, how you help make everything easier on the bride and the main artist is why you're there and it is what gets you booked as an assistant again in the future, okay? So you are there to make the lead look good. So what does that mean? Well, that means you better not hand out your business cards. You better not talk about your business. You better not send people to your Instagram. You are there to represent the company that the bride hired. If the bride wanted you, she would have hired you. Okay, she didn't. She hired this other company. This other company trusts your skills as an artist, trusts your professionalism as a colleague, and they have asked for you to help make their life easier. You are not there to get future bookings. 
You are not there to get more followers on your Instagram. You are not there to make any money or connections outside of what was promised in your contractor agreement for this wedding. You are to provide these number of services. Do this number heads of hair, do this many faces of makeup at this rate. Here's the additional fees you will paid X, Y, Z. Here's your payment terms, blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's why you are there. If you cannot accept that, then you should not assist. Assisting jobs is not there to build your business. It is there to one, make you money, reduce your mental load. Okay. And three, build a relationship with the lead artist. Okay. That's the only person you need to worry about your relationship with. Make them look good. Make them trust you. And that builds a relationship that will bring you endless amounts of money in the future. Okay. Another professional trusting you will make you way more money down the line than whatever fancy connection you think you're making with that client in your chair. I don't care who the bridesmaid is. I don't care who the mom or the mother-in-law or auntie or whoever is or what you think they can do for your business. That is not why you are there today. You are there to build the relationship with the lead. So that means you don't post the, the pictures that you take of those clients onto your social media and pretend it was your wedding. That is completely 110 fucking percent unprofessional. I don't give a shit that it was your hair that you did or your makeup that you did. You're not Picasso, okay? This is not a painting that you did that you can sell and put up on a wall somewhere. You did someone's hair and you did someone's makeup. Let your ego go, okay? What you can do. However, particularly if you are looking to build your business and get more experience so that you can book more weddings on your own at a future date, you can speak to the lead artist and say, the hair and the makeup that I did today, can I post on social media with proper credit? And what I mean by proper credit is, putting in the caption hair or makeup I did today while assisting blah, blah, blah company. And you tag them in the caption and you tag them in the photo. So when people go to their Instagram and they click on the photos that they have been tagged in, yours pops up. You want to make sure that it is epically clear this was not a wedding party that booked you. They booked this other artist and you supported that other artist by providing your artistic skills. That way you can still use the photos because when people are scrolling through social media, they're going to do a quick scroll. They're going to look at the photos. They're not going to read every single caption. So you still get the benefit of, hey, yeah, I have this look that's in my Instagram that's in my social media, but you're not misrepresenting the work that you've done. All right. But only do that if you have the express permission of the lead artist. All right. That 
is okay. Anything else is not. All right. Remember, you are there to make the money that you were promised for the services. If that is not enough for you, then we go on to the next one. The next don't. Don't say yes if it's not worth it. If you need those photos, book your own fucking wedding, Sunny. Okay? Do your own styled shoot. Make those photos on your own time, on your own dime, not on some other business's dime, not on their, their other bride's or client's time, okay? If the money is not worth it, if you won't do a wedding for less than $100 per head, your time is worth more to you, and that is 100% okay. It is completely okay to say my hourly rate or my per head rate, my time is worth and have a number. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing saying that as an assistant, you have to work for cheap ass rates. You don't. You absolutely do not. You can, as a business owner, decide for yourself what your time is worth. Your time for showing up and just doing the hair or just doing the makeup. That is what you're deciding what it is worth. Okay, your um, time traveling, okay, you can say, I'll work for this rate, but I'm not going to do it for any weddings outside this radius or any times before XYZ in the morning. If it is something that in your business you would charge extra for, you have every right to talk to that artist and say, hey, yeah, I'll help you out on this wedding. However, um, Typically, I charge $50 for every 30 minutes before 8 a.m. This is a wedding that is starting at 7 a.m. Are you okay with paying me the extra $100 in the early start fees? They have every right to say no, but you have every right to ask, okay? And if they say, no, I'm sorry, I can't afford to give you an extra $100 after, excuse me, out of what I have charged them because they themselves do not charge early start fees or they charge early start fees for themselves and it's not a per artist thing that they charge, then you can just say, okay, well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Unfortunately, I can't accept that, uh, that booking. But if you have any others that don't start that early, please let me know, okay? So if it is not worth it to you for what they want to pay you, just say no. You don't have to burn your bridges, okay? You can say no and decline respectfully. You can ask them. You can counter and try and negotiate with them and say, hey, I am willing to do that. However, it would require these additional fees. And they can either come back and say, Yes, I'll pay that. No, I won't pay that. Or how about we split the difference? All right. And then you have to decide, is it worth it to you? Okay. Other things that you should do. Okay. So let's talk about some more of the do's versus some of the don'ts that we've kind of gone over. You should always have an agreement in writing discussing the payments and the payment terms, 
all right? And anybody who is not willing to sign that paperwork, it's a red flag, okay? Now, whether you draft up that agreement or they already have one in place, and if you are somebody who is looking to hire assistance, I highly recommend having an independent contractor agreement put together, all right, that you have them sign. And since this episode is coming out before Black Friday, I will tell you next week, go ahead and listen uh, because I have Paige from the legal page who I um, interviewed. Her episode comes out next week. She is a lawyer who writes contracts. Okay. And she does have something special coming up for Black Friday. So uh, she does include independent contractor agreements. So make sure to go ahead and listen to next week's episode too. But back to the whole agreement thing, it should lay out the terms for each wedding. So you should have a new one signed for every single wedding. And I know this is not something that is standard in the industry. And that is something that I really, really, really want to change. Okay, I had one of my students in my course who took on a business partner, expanded. She was growing so much. She was getting so much success from taking my business course that she grew so quickly in about a year or so that she took on a business partner and they were hiring a staff and um, they did a coaching session with me and they were talking about, well, hiring employees versus assistants and things like that. And I mentioned to them that they should have an independent contractor agreement and that they should have an overall independent contractor agreement. So it states the terms of the working relationship that people sign when they get basically accepted or hired uh, to the independent roster. Um, but they should also have one for each wedding that they book with them. And they were kind of like, really? Like every, every wedding we should have them sign something. Yes, honey, have them sign something every single wedding saying, this is the location. This is the time that you need to show up. These are the number of hours you are expected to be on site. This is how many services and what specific services you are expected to perform. This is the rate that you will be paid. That way, everything is in writing and is very clear beforehand. So you don't run into a situation with an assistant being like, hey, I rushed through my services because I booked myself something else afterwards and now I'm going to bounce. Okay, so that brings me kind of into another don't. If you are an assistant, don't fucking do that. That is so rude. If the timeline is set and you are supposed to be finished with your services at one o'clock, your ass better not have booked something for 1.30 an hour away. You're going to be late to your client. You can fuck your own business over because you were too greedy or you don't know how to price yourself and so you've overbooked yourself. All right. You can fuck your own clients over. Don't fuck over someone else's clients. That is so wrong. That is so rude. All right. If you need the money that badly, tell the other client, hey, I need to be there until one o'clock. It is an hour driving distance. We're going to set your appointment for 90 minutes after one o'clock. We're going to set your appointment for 2.30 so that I have an hour's worth of travel, 
and 30 minutes worth of buffer time in case it takes me longer than expected to un excuse me, repack my kit. Excuse me there, had a little coughing fit. All right, so in case it takes me longer to repack my kit than I am expecting or I run into traffic. That is how you responsibly and professionally manage your time. Okay, you don't overbook yourself to where you are rushing through services for somebody else's wedding and then rushing to throw your stuff into your car and then rushing on to your next person. And that way the, the main artist also understands and already has an expectation of what your time agreement is for that day. So if the bride says, can we start things an hour later? because we want to sleep more, you can tell the bride, I have my artist until one o'clock. If we start an hour later, here's how that is going to change things on your end, okay? So that they can't turn around and suddenly expect you to be able to stay until two o'clock. You have it in writing. You already understand that you're going to be there until one o'clock. Okay, and that's why you should also have an independent contractor expectation agreement for the working relationship as a whole. How will this artist handle these type of situations that show up? Will they expect you to be like, well, I expect you to have your entire day dedicated to me in case I need to shift the times or will they be respectful and say, well, I have asked you to be there until one o'clock if I have a request that we end at 2 p.m. instead of 1 p.m. This is how that will be handled. You will be contacted and you have 24 hours to respond and let me know yes or no whether or not you are willing to shift the time. Will that result in any overtime fees if you have to change, okay? Those kinds of things, like how quickly do they expect you to get back to them? And then what you need to do as the assistant is be like, okay, well, um, when you contact me, I understand that I have to get back to you within 24 hours. So there's an expectation there. So you're not just sitting there waiting around for a week or so before you follow up and get back to them because you're busy with your own clients or your own life or other things going on. As long as you're not like on vacation or in the hospital, those kinds of emails, you should at least be scanning your emails that come in. I'm very big on boundaries and very big on, um, you know, setting admin hours so you're not overwhelming yourself. We're not in business to work 24-7 versus 40 hours a week. Okay, we work for somebody else for 40 hours a week and in business for ourselves 24 seven, like that whole meme that goes around every year. We should at least be scanning our emails to make sure that there isn't something time sensitive, that there isn't a priority thing. And when you are going to be an assistant for somebody, you should at least once a day scan for any emails from them to make sure that there haven't been um, time change questions that are coming through. As the lead artist, you should respect your assistant's time. You should contact them first and say, is this okay with you? Can I tell this bride that that 
is okay and I can accommodate that. And if the artist says no, then as the lead, then you should have a backup situation and be able to tell your bride, okay, but that means that I will need to hire another artist in place to take over that one service that my other person can't. This is how much in additional fees it will be. And because you can't hire an assistant to really just come in for one, it has to be financially worth it for them. Then you need to be like, okay, but the minimum that I pay my assistants is $400. So if you want to sleep an hour later, then I'm going to need to charge you another $400 so that I can pay another assistant to come in to finish that one service from one to two or whatever time frame that they are available within that new timeline to take on one more service, all right, that their $400 minimum, plus whatever the fee for taking that time off from the other assistant, if that is something that you and the other artists discuss. If they have to give one of the services to another assistant because you can't, be there from one to two now, do you expect to still get paid for that original headcount amount? Or do you expect that, well, I'm not doing that service now because my time is not flexible because I've booked something else for myself. So I'm not getting paid for that service anymore. It has to be given to somebody else. So these are conversations that you need to be willing and you need to have prior to accepting a job and you need to know for yourself what is acceptable. Am I going to be okay with, I booked myself something else afterwards and now they need to start an hour later, but I can't do that. So I'm going to miss out on a service. Am I okay with getting rid of that money? Is booking something after that wedding really that worth it to me to risk if something happens with the timeline I'm going to end up losing out on money. Or do you have something in place with that artist guaranteeing, even if you can't change the time, you still get paid for the headcounts. So these are important conversations and why it is so important to have something in writing between the booking artist and the assistant. So if you're going to assist for people, you need to kind of brainstorm and write out all of these different type of situations, what your expectations are as an artist, and then have that conversation with somebody beforehand. Um, it's important to make sure that you are working for people who have similar business practices to you. Okay. I have worked as an assistant for people who I will never work for again because they didn't have a good contract in place and somebody dropped out from the bridal party. And so I had booked that wedding expecting I'm going to be doing five heads. I'm going to do five hairstyles. I'm going to make $500, we'll just say. All right. And then on the day of, somebody didn't show up. I only did four hair, and so the main artist only paid me $400. That wasn't the expectation what I had blocked off that time. I was expecting to make $500 because that's what they promised me, all right? And I turned away other work under the expectation that I was going to make $500 that day. I managed my schedule based on my projected income. 
I say yes or no to clients based on my income needs for that month and my projected income from what is already booked. I don't like to overbook myself. I don't like to overextend myself and say, well, I'll just take all the jobs that come in and I'll, I'll accept all the money that I can because I don't live in feast or famine mode, okay? I like to manage my schedule so that I have steady, reliable, consistent income every single month. And I turn away bookings when I say I have my income, my financial goals met for that month already, I will overbook just a tiny little bit in case there are certain things, there are certain situations where I do allow cancellations and that income is not guaranteed, okay? But for the most part, most of my income is guaranteed through contracts of some kind. And I know that that's what I'm making for that month and I can say, you know what? I don't need another wedding. I don't need another booking because I have enough to satisfy my financial goals. And um, I am consistent already. I can, I can afford that time off. So if I don't have pre-booked time off, if I haven't managed my calendar that way and I let myself manage it further out from that date and be like, okay, I have my income goals. I don't need to book anymore. I can get some time off during this month. Then that's how I do it. And other people do run their business that way. And you should be hiring assistance with the expectation that other people are managing their income, that they're saying yes, because it is financially worth it to them to help your ass out. So you better follow through on what you promised them because they don't have to work for you. They're not an employee. They are an independent contractor, okay? And if you do have employees, you had better, 110%, you better be following through on what you promised them or else you're not gonna have employees anymore, okay? You're gonna be back to the drawing board, scrambling, trying to fill spaces because they got fed up. They were like, no, you keep taking money out of my pocket because you have poor business practices. So either way, whether they're an employee or whether they're in a, an assistant for you, okay, you need to run your business with integrity. And if you're prom promising people income, then you need to live up to it. The last thing um, that I really want to talk about on the assisting do's and don'ts all right, and this is something that I'll be talking about further when it comes to hiring people in future episodes. Um, but do not try and get away with being paid under the table. You should expect to sign a W-9. A W-9 is an independent contractor form for the government declaring your income. Okay, you sign the W-9 before you ever work a wedding for somebody. They pay you and then they take the information on the W-9 and at the end of the year when they are filing their taxes, they report to the government how much they paid you. Do not expect that you can just take cash under the table and not have to report it because what happens when you do that is that you are making that business owner pay your fucking income taxes. That is not okay. All right. 
when that person gets paid for the work that you do, that is income that is recorded in their business. They have to pay you some of that money because you're the one doing that work. Well, now that's money that the business came in that the business doesn't get to keep. But guess what? The government says, well, the business made that much money. You can't prove that it went anywhere else. You owe us taxes on it. So by refusing to be above board and pay your own taxes, you're telling the business owner, fuck you. You can pay my taxes for me because I want to be shady. I want to be greedy. Don't be like that, okay? You need to have a W-9 filled out and submitted to anybody that you are going to assist. Otherwise, you are telling that person, fuck you. I don't respect you. You can pay my taxes for me. All right. If you are a business owner and you're like, well, shit, I didn't know that. Yes, that's what's happening. Every single time you pay somebody under the table and do not report their income to the government, you are paying their income taxes, sis. That is not okay. That is not okay for anybody. The taxes get paid. Okay. The taxes get paid from one of the two of you. If they are doing the work, they need to be paying their fair share of taxes. Okay, so don't be like that. Don't be that person. All right, I have another student inside my course and she had this issue come up and she was just like, look, I really like this assistant. She does really great work, but she's refusing to sign this W-9. And my accountant is like, well, she needs to sign it because you need to report it. And I told her, I was like, well, then don't hire that person anymore. So if you are somebody who wants to work as, as an assistant and someone comes to you and says, I need your tax information, you better give it or you better expect that you are not going to be hired. All right. Somebody who is educated enough to hire a CPA or do their own taxes and know I need you to fill out this form for me. They are not the kind of person to fuck around with. All right. They are not the kind of person that you can just be like, nah, I'm gonna dick you over. All right. Everybody should be asking that. All right. Um, and if you are an assistant, you should be okay with it. Otherwise, don't be an assistant. Either work for somebody else who doesn't act, ask that so you can screw them over um, or just book your own fucking weddings. Like a lot of this kind of comes down to if you are not okay with these terms, um, uh, uh, your expectations of what you should be doing as an assistant, don't assist. Do the work yourself. Book your own fucking weddings. Run your own business. It's a lot of work. There are clearly a lot of things that go into running the business. That's why they make more money than you. Because they're doing all of that work. It's hard. It's stressful. It's time consuming. But that's what you sacrifice to make more money by being the business owner. If you don't want to make that sacrifice and do all that shit for yourself, you just want to come in and do the pretty stuff, then you need to manage your expectations and shift your mindset about what your responsibilities are so that you are only doing the amount of work that you're getting compensated for. You're not trying to get compensated for work that you're not doing. Okay? So thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Like I mentioned, go down to the show notes, download the ultimate pricing guide if you are confused at all, or if you need some guidance about things that you should be charging for, all right? There is absolutely no reason to run your business in deficit. 
there is no reason to not be able to afford additional artists. Okay. If you are setting your prices correctly, you have the money to run your business effectively and efficiently. You'll be making enough money to hire a CPA to make sure that you're not paying someone else's income taxes. All right. You're making sure that your clients always have an amazing experience. You're buying back hours of your life so that you can spend time doing the things that fill you back up. And you're not waking up too early, spending way too much time doing a wedding, and you can have more time with your friends, with your family, with your bed. Okay? So thank you so much for listening. Like I said, don't go down to that show notes. Go ahead and download that. It's only $27. It will save you at least $27, if not more, just in the advice on how to avoid making mistakes like paying someone else's income taxes, uh, but also really help you understand um, your pricing so that you are able to afford to properly pay assistance um, it's got a whole profit calculator so you can figure out the difference on how much your business is going to be making if you pay them 50% versus 60 versus 70, et cetera. All right. And if you are somebody who is looking to assist more, definitely make sure that you're tuning in each week for more additional episodes because I am going to be talking about um, interviewing, um, how to look for assistance if you're somebody who's looking to build um, your network or to build a team, how to interview as the business owner, how to interview as the assistant, all of those kinds of things. So there's lots of, um, episodes coming on that topic. So thank you so much again. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.